good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world. I'm Russell Tovey. And I'm Robert Diamond. This is Talk Art. Welcome to Talk Art. How are you, Rob? I'm feeling really Scottish, even though I'm not Scottish. Why is that? Because we have taken a flight. To? And we've gone to Edinburgh. We're in Edinburgh. Amazing. And we're here with Bombay Sapphire, who are sponsoring us to come up here and find out what makes people excited and stimulated by culture and creativity. And also, we actually met each other probably 11 years ago or something here in the National Galleries of Scotland yes. in Edinburgh. Yes. Um, and we thought it would be a really fun thing to come back here together. Yeah. And we met at a Tracy Emin retrospective. So we're, we're, we're working our way around Edinburgh today talking to a very exciting creative people that are at the epicentre of the art world up here. And, and especially during the uh, Edinburgh Arts Festival. So right now we have come to an area called Jupiterland. Tell us about Jupiterland, Rob. Well, Jupiter Artland is an incredible, um, huge kind of landscaped area. And it has uh, sculptures. So it's a kind of sculpture park, I guess you'd describe yeah. it as. And there's even a land art kind of work here that yeah. is so iconic. And I really want to get a picture taken there. And well, we one of the reasons we wanted to come to Edinburgh as well was because during the Fringe, a lot of our friends are actually doing performances here like Table Manners and The Guilty Feminist and London, London Hughes. Hughes and, yeah, and it's just an amazing time to be here. But what we wanted to do was highlight spaces that you might not immediately think to go to. Because often if you get off the train in Edinburgh in the town centre, mm. you might go to the National Galleries of Scotland. Or go and see some stand-up, but you actually you're not aware that there's an arts festival happening as well around that whole Exactly, experience. and there are so many incredible places here. Now, Jupiter Artland, where we are right now, um, I came to twice before because there was a curator called John Heffernan who used to uh, curate here, and I came up um, a few times, and it's really stayed with me, and there was an amazing Anya Galaccio um, installation, which I think is permanent, and I loved that work so much. And then the... Uh, land art mm. by Andy Goldsworthy, Andy Goldsworthy um, also really stuck with me. So it's the kind of place you can visit and you walk around the estate and you can see art in a really different context. Would it be described as a hidden gem, Rob? I think it is a hidden gem. And actually, it, it's a bit like if you're if you're a Londoner and you've been to Kew or something like that, mm. you have that kind of intense nature mm. and all the flowers and um, even there's even a bumblebee right now, like crawling under actually on my foot. Oh, oh my cool. gosh, I've got to get a picture of that. That's too beautiful. Right. But I love bumblebees. <laughs> but um, yeah, so you've a very got, healthy bumblebee, to be honest. No, but he's 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 OK. I love him. Blind, so he? basically it has nature, you know, combined with art. And I think that's just such a unique thing. Archer. And they also do an amazing residency here. And some Samara Scott was here years ago Love and I, I came to see her do an incredible installation here. So I have this kind of personal experience you here do. before. So we've come here anyway to meet the head of exhibitions who is going to have a chat with us now about this. And we would love to welcome to Talk Art, Claire, Claire Feely. Thank you for having me. That's okay. How are you doing, Claire? I'm good. I'm good. I've, I've managed to climb down from that tree. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so you thought we were doing a, uh, a phone interview, but it's actually a face-to-face. -face. I know. I thought I could get away with it. What were you doing up a tree? Um, so for this Edinburgh Art Festival, we're working with Trisha Brown mm -hmm. Dance Company. Um, we're showing a gallery exhibition of Trisha Brown's film archive. Is it's, she still alive? She passed away two years ago. Oh. So one of the last times she herself performed in Scotland was in Edinburgh. 
Um, so it felt really important that her first UK solo show was in Scotland and wow. in Edinburgh. Where in Edinburgh was she performing before? She performed in uh, the International. Um, so it was one of her last fully staged choreographies. And Edinburgh has supported her throughout throughout her career. entire career. Yeah, yeah. But like from the 60s and 70s, because she, she changed the face of choreography, didn't she, in the New York dance scene. And, and she came to like prominence in the 60s and 70s. 60s and 70s, yeah. So yeah. was Edinburgh on top of her then? Even then, wow. yeah. One of the first people outside, outside of the US to see how, how important her work is. But not only do we want to show um, an exhibition of her film archive, which is the first in the UK, um, it was really important um, that we bring her entire company over here. Wow. Um, the company is is still keeping her work alive. Dance, it lives in the body. If if it's not being kept alive through performance, that incredible legacy will disappear. Um, so, wow. Edinburgh. So how many people? How many members of the, the troupe are here? There's uh, 15 members uh, of wow. the company. Um, so we've been meeting both in New York and in Edinburgh over the last two years to put this this um, combined show together, exhibition and the live program. Uh, so. Um, uh, with with Trisha Brown, those that you picked up on, you know, one of the thing ways that she challenged the face of contemporary dance was taking it outside of these traditional formal um, theater settings, yeah. and she was using downtown New York as her theater space. Right. So city streets, parklands, any any space that she could find, she made it a site of performance. Wow! Um, oh, right, so there were site specific works, and they would just appear. Appear, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you doing that? You recreating that here in the environment of Jupiter? We're recreating it here, and th- and that's the only way to describe it because it's not like staging something in a black box. In the theater, yeah. It has to be in relationship with what's around. I mean, it's a duet with with you know the trees, with the gardens, with the woodlands, um, and the dancers have to kind of. Uh, they have to kind of deal with that in real time yeah. and be very, very responsive. Um, so this, that's why we were uh, scampering around in the woodlands earlier. In the trees. And right. I saw some amazing photographs um, from before. I don't know, I don't think they were here necessarily, but of dancers kind of floating on platforms in a kind of pond or something or a lake. Yes. You know, yeah. And you can see their bodies moving in relation to the trees and the nature around them. And it's just the most surreal but incredibly beautiful work isn't it so is that the kind of thing you're going to be doing here yeah so um one of our most iconic works um is by charles jenks and it's this series of 18 man-made mountains and a cluster of four lakes so on those four lakes will be four dancers they're performing a piece intended to be in complete synchronization um, with tri- each other. With each other. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trisha Brown, she's m- very influenced by John Cage, ideas of chance, and she wants nature to interrupt the intention of the piece. So as the work unfolds, you know, nature takes over, the dancers, the rafts drift apart, and the, and the dynamic, the tension of the piece is seeing the will of the dancers to stay in synchronicity and the pull of nature to kind of swirl them apart. So it's like a team building exercise. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. How long have you been here, Claire? Um, uh, a year and a half. So yeah, since your buddy John left, um, I, 
I stepped into his shoes. Awesome. And can you, uh, for people who haven't been here before, can you quickly explain? So, for example, like in the, we were driving in today and we saw the incredible Phila Dabalo sculpture, which is amongst loads of trees in a kind of woodland. So you have all these kind of hidden artworks throughout the site that and people can... Yeah. Walk around. So can you explain some of the artists that you have here? Uh, yeah. So Jupiter Artland, we're 11 years old this year. And Congratulations. Thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you very much. Showing our age. Um, um, but it starts from a very simple present pre- premise. Um, each year, an artist is invited uh, to create their best work. So they're given carte blanche. They can um, choose a site um, in Jupiter Artland, and they are free to develop something ambitious, something that takes risks so each year a new work joins the collection sometimes more so uh, at the moment we have 35 permanent very large-scale works and yeah. um, so Anya Galazio created a crystal cavern uh, called the light pours out of me that's made out of hundreds of thousands of amethyst crystals and obsidian rocks wow wow yeah Phila de Barlow um who represented the UK at Venice a couple of years ago um she created her first ever permanent artwork and it's this towering trio of sculptures that um, in some ways uh, mimic like the height and kind of awe of trees. Um, We've Andy Goldsworthy. He was in residency with us for a number of years and has created three works across the landscape. Um, and Trisha Bowne... Did we drive through them on the way here? Would that have been a journey? Yeah, in? yeah. So you go through... As you come down the drive, yeah. Andy Goldsworthy, um, the entire dense woodland there, yeah. um, there's a work called Stone Coppice with yeah. these suspended boulders in the trees. Oh, no, we didn't see them. Oh, uh, yeah. And then you turn a corner and Charles Jenks, those huge spiraling. So that's Charles Jenks. That's Charles oh, yes. Jenks. Teletubbies. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. actually, I've just remembered, I learned about Charles Jenks from Martha Lane Fox. Because she's either friends with him or family or something like that. And I remember I came here and posted a picture and she told me all about it. Oh, really? Yeah. They are so beautiful. We have to get a picture with that we'll work. work. I love it. And... I also really like this idea of Phila de Barlow's being permanent. Because for her, that would have been quite a new idea. Because a lot of her work was recycled for so many years or even thrown away or, you know, destroyed and then put back into new work. So this idea yeah. of having something that lasts forever almost is such a wonderful thing for her. It, it was a huge departure for her. Yeah. And, um Nikki Wilson, so Nikki and Robert uh, Wilson founded Jupiter Artland. Nikki um, is an artist herself and trained under Philida Barlow. Um, oh, really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, Philida and Nikki have a very close relationship. Um, that was at Slade, wasn't it? Was she, did she te- teach she, at Slade? Yeah, she did, yeah. yeah, yeah. She taught Slade, Slade and Camberwell, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, uh, so I don't think Philida would have made a permanent work at another site if there wasn't that trust um, that yeah. she could she could do exact you know realise exactly the vision that she wanted she was also utterly terrified at the prospect of foundations but uh, right. we're very we're good at we're good at the civil engineering here That's not, they haven't got to worry yeah. about that and yeah. <laughs> talking about permanent um, commissions you've also just done a brand new swimming pool that Russ and I just got to see so that's by an artist called uh, Joanna Joanna Vasconcelos yeah. yeah so that opened only a week ago so that opened for Edinburgh Art Festival I mean, it's, it's our... incredibly beautiful though it's like and, the most and amazing thing and you offer thing. up swimming costumes you told 
told us as well. Indeed, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Designed by the artist. Designed by the artist. Yeah, that's running yep. costumes designed by the artist. Are they available in the gift shop? They're available at the gift shop. Are they really? <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> they sure they must be. Come on. No, they're super beautiful. No, and I've got a question to ask about where the art, the permanent artist. So you said that they get given locations. Do you tell them where? They can make a work of art within the, the grounds of Jupiter Artland, or can they walk around and do a, like a research trip and go, I want to be there? They walk around, they choose. Oh, wow. And it's, it's, it's often over, over years. Um, so our permanent commissions, there's no constraint of time. It, you know, the work develops at its own pace. So Phila de Barlow, that was a number of years in development. Joanna Vasconcelos's pool, that's four to five years in the making. Wow. Um, and with Joanna's pool, like you've seen, um, we've just walked through it. It bursts with color. Oh, yeah. um, it, it, it's developed. And it's heated. And, and it's, it's a balmy 30 degrees. But it's, it's developed with future generations in mind. Um, so we used a technique to produce the tiles um, that was developed like hundreds of years ago in Southern Europe. And it means that that color, it takes a phenomenal length of time to do it, but it means the color lasts for hundreds of years. Wow. And very similar to, you know, like we work in a team here that's very connected with our curatorial team and our gardening team. So every time we think about like where a tree is positioned, we're thinking about what that will look in a hundred years time. That's so nice. The same way we think about an artwork, how that's going to have its own lifespan. Um, and actually, I saw that you do these amazing events at dusk, so people can visit Jupiter Artland at nighttime and see the sunset. And I really liked this idea of time passing and, and also the longevity of nature. So if you think how old trees are, you know, they'll outlive all of us. And I like this idea of the kind of length of the permanence of the artworks mm. and the kind of care you take to look after these artworks. That, that is the quality you get here, is this sense of timelessness. Um, and with Trisha Brown's live performance, um, what's beautiful about that work um is you know it has no set it has no you know theatrical production so when we were doing our site visit um it involved us walking around um trying to find the right size tree the right girth tree so we were literally kind of putting Cuddling our arms trees. around oh, trees I love <laughs> that. I like doing that. hug a tree That's hug great. a tree yeah That's yeah good. but it, it, it's it's this is our first, um, this is our most ambitious move into live art. Um, and it's really been enabled by the art festival and by the international festival. You know, we've always... Do they fund it or do you have a lot of patrons and benefactors here that are supporting all this? It, it's it's our, our patrons are our, our founders. Wow. Um, and they've it very much driven by philanthropy and with wanting to share the works with the widest possible audience. So we're open to the public for the summer months. Mm because we're in Scotland and the weather, but our learning program goes right the way through the year. Yeah, because it was kids when we came in all doing classes and workshops, and that's great. Yeah, yeah. And with the pool, it's given us this opportunity to work with a whole um, lot of different community groups that might otherwise not come here. Because yeah. it's, I think sometimes more formal galleries can be quite intimidating, but if you invite people to come jump in a pool, it's... Uh, I also just love this this whole um, Jupiter Artland because it's so soulful here as well, and it's so peaceful, but it's it's a way of seeing sculpture and artworks just in a completely new way. Mm. And it's 
really um, coherent as well and kind of rigorous. I, I, you know, it's not like someone just plonking a, you know, a sculpture in the middle of a field. Yeah. It's literally really thought out. Yeah. And the way you can approach a sculpture, the, the walk, the journey you can make, and you have this amazing map. And actually, there's going to be a map um, that Bombay Sapphire are doing as well, which is going to highlight all the people we're talking about today. So they'll have Jupiter Artland on that. But when you actually come here, there's also a map, isn't there, that you can like follow the map. And you can kind of, everyone's experience of the park yeah. is unique to them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. because the route you take is your choice and I love the way that you can uh, it kind of unravels in a completely different way so I've only been here twice before this is my third time but I feel each time I'm coming here I'm doing it in a different way and even if you see the same sculptures the weather's different or you know so I, I love that uniqueness of the visit yeah one of my favorite architectural quotes is um a garden path is like a philosophical preparation and that's something that we very much embed in the work that it's the journey to the work and the encounter with the work is where is where the artwork happens um but but that said it's not all peace and tranquility here um so it, at the end of edinburgh art festival for the closing weekend um we're hosting our first kind of two night um uh, cross art form festival um, so it's going to be music, um, live performance, sound art, installations, film, moving image. Um, and that will be running like right the way t- through the night. So it'll be a slightly more kind of um, uh, festival type vibe. That's great. <laughs> so <laughs> exciting. Have you still got pay what you can Tuesday? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So pay what you can Tuesday. And again, it's, it's, it's just to make it as open to everyone as mm-hmm. possible. So every guest that comes on Talk Art, we ask them two questions. Um, the first is, if you could do an art heist and take home any artwork that you wanted, and it could be anything, it doesn't have to be a small thing that you can put in your pocket, it could be a giant sculpture or anything, uh, what would you uh, take home? And we thought maybe it would be fun if you could um, select for your art heist something from Jupiter Artland or at least Edinburgh. Ooh, um, can I have two? Yes. yes. Oh, excellent. Okay, <laughs> so the first would be... Um, at- Trisha Brown, a film called Water Motor. It's an absolutely exquisite film. It's just her in her studio. Are you showing that here? We're we're screening it because it's a it's a very it needs to be screened in special conditions, right. but it is in the exhibition and will be performed. Um, so that I would definitely take. And the other, could I have Phila de Barlow's Quarry in my living room? Wow, yeah, absolutely. That would be awesome. And a new house that would be big enough to take it. With the foundations as well that she would write about. Fantastic. Love that. Our next question we ask everyone is what is your favourite colour? Oh, oh, uh, blue. Why? Um, It used to be green, and now I think I just have a closer relationship with the sky. Don't know. Don't know that's why. Nice. Why? Yeah. That's very nice. Okay. Just because you're constantly curating art under the sky. Yeah. That, that is your yeah. new. That's your new gallery. Yeah. It is yeah. the skies of Edinburgh. How big is Jupiter Artland? Hundred acres. A hundred. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Fantastic. Yeah. Love I that. also had such a great experience here the first time I came. I went into the forest kind of part of it, and you go down. It's like almost like a forest walk, and I just remember. It, you sort of discover artworks, you know, along the trail. And it was just so exciting. I, I love that forest bit. I think um, everyone should come here. I yeah, please come here. Yes. And so we've come here with Bombay Sapphire. They've helped us do this trip. And um, they currently have a campaign about stirring creativity. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask you what stirs your creativity? Um, the unexpected. Uh, after years working inside galleries, uh, stepping outside, working when your companion is nature, there is never a dull moment. Um, 
so yeah what stirs my creativity is the unexpected well, that's a really that's great a answer brilliant answer love that thank that you was... Claire Feely yeah thank you Claire thank you so much well for thank being you guys guest. I yeah. hope you can come every year and you have to come every day we're gonna come every day (laughs) every tuesday and i actually i love edinburgh (laughs) so much claire feely thank you so much so let's go and um walk around now we're gonna explore and see the sights of jupiter artland thank you thank Thank you. you So now we have made the journey from Jupiter Artland all the way to New Haven, which is a former industrial area in the north of the city in Edinburgh. And we are very excited because we have come to the Edinburgh Sculpture Workshop. We have. And it's both of our first time here. Yeah. And um, Edinburgh Sculpture Workshop has an amazing exhibition space and they do a lot of um, artist projects here. Mm-hmm. But they also have an open access um, studio and workshops where you can actually come and make art and be creative and even it kind of reminded me a bit of being at school when you had all the um hey, yeah what do you uh, call that like tech tech something yeah tech. like tech it class or something we, we just had an amazing tour around these um studios and yeah. they were just filled with people making incredible like metal work and carpentry and all of these things and then loads of artworks yeah and there's an amazing courtyard outside that's open and there's people out there that are using the courtyard to create sculptures someone was there with a chisel like chiseling out some figure of david out of a piece of alabaster that looked very exciting it's an amazing vibrant place and we're very uh we're very excited to be here as part of the Edinburgh Arts Festival. And we are proud to announce that we are meeting the director and programme coordinator of Edinburgh Sculpture Workshop, Laura, Laura Simpson, Simpson and, and Leslie Young. Hi there. Hi. Hello. How are you? Very well, thank you. Good. Good. You've just given us an amazing tour of this venue. That was uh, an exciting thing to do. Do you have a lot of tourists to this place? I think we've got a mixture of people that use us every day are part of our communities here, Um, artists, other people that join in courses and then use our facilities, members um, of the community from around here that come to special partnership uh, programmes that Mm -hmm. we run like the schools and other community groups and then also people that come to visit the exhibitions and they are sometimes tourists that are visiting the city and then other people who are looking for cultural things to do um, walking down the cycle path or making a special visit here. So what's down the cycle path? Why is that a walk? Well, it's, we've got this fantastic network of paths in Edinburgh which join up all different parts of the city. And the one that's right next to us is called the Hawthorne Vale Path, which is part of our address as well. Um, we, we have commissioned an artist to make a work for that path so that we can contribute to the placemaking for this area. That's Clove Hitch made by Lucy Wayman. Oh, right. oh great. And a lot of people come down the path and enter into the courtyard where, where Carolina Chantra's work is on show and they go past Adam Benmacouf's work in the tower. So we really wanted to connect that way as well. So you've got th- our... these are three artists that you currently have up showing here. Yeah, right. we've commissioned three artists for Edinburgh Art Festival this year. Wow. And did they make their work in the Edinburgh Sculpture Workshop? Yeah, all of the artists made their work here. Um, The relationships built up with each of the three of them in different ways, but they've all used us as a resource in different ways to make the the artwork. That's incredible. 
Go I've on. been a really big fan of Caroline's in particular for a long, long time. I've been following her career for maybe, I don't know, about 15 years or so. And um, it's been such a joy to see her grow and grow. But today, when we when we arrived here, I could not believe the scale of her work in your courtyard. And I heard that you've recently started to use the courtyard as a place for exhibiting art to try and almost increase the areas to have art included and for people to have you know, even more enjoyable experience of um, of seeing sculpture and um, and also sound art. Yeah, Caroline um, was invited to um, make a presentation kind of using the courtyard, which was unusual for her because she doesn't normally make work that kind of is presented outside. And it's also quite a sizable space. So um, she needed to kind of rethink kind of some of the kind of materials that she would habitually use, which could often be kind of wool or clay. But the work that's in the courtyard is made of raffia. So it kind of has a kind of has a tolerance kind of for the kind of for the, the elements. Mm-hmm. And it's a great kind of it's a work on a size that's kind of really, I think, even surprising to Caroline. You know, she was kind of really um she was definitely challenged by the invitation that we made to her, and but she's absolutely kind of, um, you know, risen she's kind of risen to it without, so, without a doubt. It's so brilliant that you're able to facilitate that, you know, like to create something new. So you're challenging the artist, they're learning and evolving in their practice. But also I think the colours in the raffia are so vibrant, yeah. mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it's really alive. Yeah. And today it's actually a really hot day here in, in um, Edinburgh, but it did have a few scattered showers. But it, it, even in this kind of duller light somehow, it's, it pops, doesn't it? Yeah, the, it absolutely the resonates, yeah. And and also there's a kind of brilliant kind of sound that when the kind of when the wind kind of blows through it the oh, raffia wow. kind of really kind of picks up the kind of um the the noise of the kind of wind kind of like traveling through it so it's it's a, it, it's a work that has real presence kind of in the courtyard i must say that having visited today because it's our first time being here i'm really struck by how alive the space is because there was actually a sculptor making a work in the courtyard like in the edge of the courtyard and you can like stand there and watch him make it and it was just really exciting it's to be that formative isn't it yeah. yeah to be involved in that side Exactly, of the art that's being made, and yeah. to see it being created in front of you, and it was the sculpture he was making. It was quite a dramatic um, performance, almost. It was brilliant. So I really think people, if you do come down here, and you also do tours, don't you, where you take people around? That's right. Over the Edinburgh Art Festival, we are doing tours on Fridays and Saturdays at two p.m. And that's a chance to hear from one of us members of staff about the artist's work as as you're looking around and also have the chance to come in and look at the the workshops. But we also have loads of other ways to come and visit. People can book in for a tour when we're part of Doors Open at other points for, for people to see the workshops. Brilliant. So we've come down here with Bombay Sapphire and they asked us about their new campaign, which we liked the idea of. It's called Stir Creativity. And it was something that Russell and I felt really we identify with because that's kind of what our lives are is like thinking about how to be creative and also stirring things up and all stirring things up (laughs) but also to just be surrounded by creative people. So I wanted to ask you guys uh, what stirs your creativity? Well, to be honest, I'm quite new here. I've just been here since October last year. And I think that this being at this place has been able to stir my creativity. I think one of the really amazing things about Edinburgh Sculpture Workshop is it's a community of practice. That's a a phrase that we use quite a lot when we're trying to describe what happens here I don't know if it comes if it sparks a you know a set of ideas in you but the idea here is that you're working alongside other people like you described 
coming into that live working space of somebody in the courtyard or seeing those people um, with sparks flying or like musing over what they're going to be cutting in the wood workshop, for example. But it's a place where you can share skills with other people. Mm-hmm. We've got amazing technicians as well that can really um, help you move on with your projects. But it's it's got a community and there's a sort of community communal element to it so I found that really inspiring that's wonderful Mm. So we have a lot of young um, artists listening to our show. We've been getting messages from lots of young artists and they often send in pictures and all kinds of things. It's amazing, all age groups as well. And um, also designers and fashion designers and all kinds of creative people. And I wanted to ask you guys, we think that everyone has creative potential within them. And um, sometimes it can be difficult to sort of know how to start. So what kind of tips would you give someone looking to awaken their own creative potential? Oh, I definitely know what was useful for me, which was find a community of practice and start things yourself because you need the support structure, but also you can be generous and you can actually make opportunities for other people and yourself. Sometimes it's reciprocated, but you learn along the way. That That's my two top tips. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and I would say don't be put off by those thresholds that you think kind of exist kind of you know in front of galleries or museums you know step over them and kind of and you know take your place kind of in amongst those kind of institutions and organizations they absolutely they they need you and they want you um and you'll find lots of kind of really kind of um extraordinary things kind of um that artists have made kind of today or kind of sometime in the past and yeah just it's it's all there for you kind of And I think it is all about a conversation and opening up that conversation. And without two people to have that conversation, the conversation can't happen. So we need visitors to all these museums and um, spaces uh, and everywhere across Edinburgh, obviously, because we love Edinburgh. Um, But I wanted to say as well, with your cafe, I was really impressed because the things you sell in there are so delicious and we had the best ever scones. It was so a cinnamon you, scone, Rob. If you feel like you don't know... With butter and jam. It was incredible. And I feel like if you don't know about art yet, your entry point could be go to the cafe, get the Edinburgh scone. Sculpture Workshop, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. get a scone, get that butter, yes. and then it'll all unravel around you. That's the best <laughs> thing. You will start to learn good about tip, art. Good tip, Rob. Good tip. Thank you. So before we say thank you very much and, and goodbye for now, um, I would like to say we ask every guest who comes on the show two questions. One is, um, what's your favourite colour? Green. And why? <laughs> <laughs> because I've got red hair. Oh, wow. Ah. And so, it, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it's not real red oh, hair. <laughs> How long have you had red hair? Uh, probably too long. Do you, and do you pair it with green clothing normally? You're wearing Some, black today. Yeah, I uh-huh, have, but yeah, often green. Very nice. Good, <laughs> that makes sense. And your favourite colour? Maybe blue. You're wearing blue today as well. I have. Aren't I? I think um, I think it's the sky, blue sky, blue sea. I like that sort of thing. I feel like here in Edinburgh you have really big sky as well. I'm sort of really aware of the sky today. There's there's just amazing views in Edinburgh. Yeah. Just as you as you go about, yeah, it's great. And we're really close to the the docks and the sea at New Haven. Cool. And then our second question we ask is if you had a touchstone artwork and you could do an art heist and steal that artwork and get away with it. What would it be? And as we're Edinburgh-based, if there's anything in Edinburgh that you could take home and live with <laughs> forever, what would that be? I saw um, some Bridget Riley's right. at the exhibition that's yeah, at the National the, 
gallery National here. Gallery yeah. at the moment. And I some of the sketches, the maquettes in oh, there, nice. rather than the finished works, were really good because you can see where... I suppose it's my interest in the artist's process. Yeah. You can see where she's made adjustments in it. Um, but there's also some really amazing paintings by Robert McBride in the 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 collection, National Collection, which are like really, really disturbing figurative paintings that are made just just post war. And I think I think that I wouldn't want that in my house because it's too disturbing. But they're <laughs> pretty amazing for an art house. What's disturbing in them? I don't know the word. That just the the um, the bodies are contorted and the color palette is really sickly. Um, so it, and dark and it just it just um, it, to me it just talks about a real um, like devastation like right. a personal devastation um, right. and that mirrors a sort of societal devastation. Wow, yeah, that's get, not get very the Bridget drawings. You can live with those ones, yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I also love Bridget Riley's printmaking. I think she's one of the best printmakers ever. Yeah, um, they're just beautiful. I think they're incredible. What would you take? Well, I've been racking my brains, but I have, <laughs> and I haven't come up with the per- perfect contemporary art. Um, That's what we should be aiming for. Um, work to kind of um, to acquire. So I'm going to go traditional. I'm going to say um, something from the National Galleries of Scotland. So probably maybe kind of Poussin's Seven Sacraments. Wow, cool. <laughs> Just a basic piece. Just uh-huh. a basic one. Well, you know, yeah, yeah. you might Just as well kind of, Poussin. you know, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yes, I think I think... I think something something from the National Gallery kind of on the mound would um would would fit quite nicely kind of in my life. Love that. Great. We'll help you well, do that. Thank you so much, <laughs> both of you, for showing us around today. We yeah. have loved visiting and we'll be back for sure. And um I really recommend everyone to try and come on those um Saturday or Friday tours because it's just a really great experience and I think you'll get a lot from it. Yes. Yeah, or you could come on Saturdays and make work. So Adam Benkoof's actually running two sound workshops for the next two Saturdays. So you can make it Sound Poems with Adam Benmacouf and Lucy Wayman's doing workshops as well. Awesome. And we're actually about to go and find Adam and have a chat with him as well. Yes, and get no the idea where perspective he is. of what it's like to work at the Edinburgh Sculpture <laughs> Workshop yeah. as an artist, yeah. an educator as well. Well, so. thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Okay, bye. Bye. We have now made our way through the Edinburgh Sculpture Workshop and we have found a great artist and educator who's been based here for the last few years and um, he's going to discuss his work with us and he actually luckily has an incredible exhibition at the moment um, here in the tower in the courtyard and it was art that was generated out of his time spent here at the Edinburgh Edinburgh Sculpture Workshop. Um, So we would like to welcome... Adam, Adam Ben McClough. Hello there. Thank you very much for having me. That's all right, Adam. Adam, tell us about your name. So my name is... It sounds very Scottish, actually. It does. When you say it, and I think that's because... Especially when you say it with your Scottish accent. Yeah, yeah. Ben McClough. <laughs> yeah. And it's even got that, that, you know, that loch. Yes. So that's how you say Ben McClough. thing. Yes. <laughs> but it's Algerian. It's an Algerian name. I, it's, and it, I was, it means son of, son of Cliff. Wonderful. Yeah. I love it. So we've just seen your show in the Beacon Tower here, yes. and we were just talking about that with Leslie and Laura. Fabulous. And you took us in there about half an hour ago, and it's stunning. And it, it, it's it's a triangular tower, and you go in, and you're in this confined space, and there's speakers in there, and you have this recording of these five-year-olds singing. 
and it's incredibly moving and really and there's a there's a wind that comes in and it was really gusty there and you said that that's like a natural element that's yeah. come into the tower it's really immersive and theatrical yeah. and touching what was it like to be commissioned to use that space it was it was a real um i think a lot of ways it was a challenge um i think as an artist i'm probably drawn to more touchy-feely art so the idea of shown in a concrete tower was was a real striking idea mm. and i think that was good because it was almost like a provocation and it was this idea of how can i change this space how can i fill it with something that that isn't there yet so yeah and also yeah put in big purple and pink cushions to to lean on while you're in there Lovely. and also just this <laughs> this idea of it's so sparse it's it can, it can, you know, it can feel very like, brutal. It is brutal. It's, 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 it's like brutalist architecture, I suppose, exactly. isn't it? Yeah, yeah but it's, it's also, like, it's very gorgeous in its own way. Yeah. Um, and I think when you go in there, you really do have a real immersive experience. So it's that, it's that combination of feeling quite, um, you know, uh, maybe a brutal and empty, but then also surrounded by it. So I think I picked up on that, that idea of, or that experience of being immersed. So a lot of the noise when it comes at you, yeah, like you say, it's these choirs, it's these orchestras, and you're really just, hopefully, just like you're filled with the sound and it's going on around you, and you start to maybe get the sense of being in amongst a big choir practicing Mamma Mia. I think I found... Is that what it is, Mamma yeah, Mia? Yeah, oh, okay. I think oh, we just walked into it, it was playing. Oh, right. Yeah, Mamma Mia. I think when I first <laughs> entered the space, I was really aware that architecturally it felt mm -hmm. quite still in yeah. there. And mm -hmm. you can imagine if the, the sound wasn't there, yeah. it would be incredibly, almost claustrophobic or a bit oh, intense and very still and quiet. Yeah. Yeah. But with your sound, especially because they're field recordings that are almost kind of like people rehearsing or practicing. So there's this element of, it's not kind of perfected. It's a field recording, is it? It's a recording where you take a microphone, it's actually what we're doing right now, mm -hmm. where you take microphones out to a location and then you can set up the mic and just record. And it's kind of an formal way of recording mm -hmm. and I think often the results you get from that kind of field recording can be much more honest and relaxed and truthful because people don't feel so um like they're being put upon like suddenly there's a camera in front of their face or Got you it. know what I mean it's quite a relaxed atmosphere yeah. and I think with the, the success of that work for me was this idea of the um, you know, if you think of you're going and watching a classical piece of music and it's all perfect and you hear the whole thing from start to finish and it's it's like a work. I like this idea of almost experimenting and kind of practicing and you, it's not the finished part, uh, you know, work yet. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like the work in progress. Mm -hmm. And I think that was really a beautiful element to it. Well, thank you. I, I, I think this idea of field recording, again, that's interesting uh, because one of the things that I was interested in was there's a whole um, genre of experimental music and it's called music concrete or concrete music. Right. And concrete music is exactly that, um, where you would go outside, you record that street that we can see from the window. Um, so you'd record cars going past and then you would make a sound work out of that. So it would be really trying to record this idea of life. and then. But usually it's, again, like uh, that kind of brutal atmosphere is usually uh, quite disturbing it's, it's noises of engines and it can be quite full-on so I thought why don't I do these field recordings and record something that's equally recording life but just recording people's voices and, yeah, and yeah. music and not studio music but the noises of rehearsals and the noises of practicing so it's that idea of catching someone unaware but still mm. getting this kind of performative element so yeah. that mix of um, like almost like um, candid 
and um, performative. Yeah. yeah, and it's kind of community based, isn't it? Because you're exactly. recording people of a community kind of yeah. coming together to sing, and what's a that's such a beautiful sound. Yeah. And you were talking about the education centre yes. here. So you've been working here for two years in, in an education role. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's such it's a dream job. It's uh, basically every year uh, the Edinburgh Sculpture Workshop. I brings in every primary five in the area. So that's in what age Scottish. That, that's, yeah, that's like um, between eight and nine. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's a really good point to just uh, bring kids in and just let them go with materials. And that they've got this combination of just being just really like open and, and like free and just unselfconscious. And the work they make is amazing. We do an exhibition of it every year. Wow. It's, uh, it's pioneered by Debbie Banerjee. And it's really, it's based off of the most radical teaching methods like Black Mountain College. So they, oh, really? they're all, wow, yeah, so cool. all those um, methodologies uh, Debbie brought right into this program and just applies it in this beautiful way to just the local eight and nine year olds and just brings them in. And every every kid gets it since yeah. he hit primary five. It's been going for eight years now. So yeah. there's all these teenagers going by that are like waving at us through yeah. the window who did it, you know, seven so the, years the Bla- ago. So the Black Mountain School was founded yeah. by um, Joseph Albers and Annie yeah. Albers and yeah. it's where they, they taught. Was it was it Black Mountain School before it got closed by the Nazis and then it went it somewhere was, else? What was it called it was, before um, that? The Black, Mountain, the Black Mountain College was, it was a lot of the um, artists that had been really run out of of, of Germany Nazi by the Nazis that yes. then had refuge in America right. and they brought these... Well, oh, they had Bauhaus. They had That's Bauhaus. what it was for. Yeah. So they had yeah. the Bauhaus. That That's closed it. down and yeah. they opened up the Black Mountain yeah. School. Yes. That's oh, it. incredible. So they've got them elements here. Yeah. And, and it, it really feels like, you wow. know, and, and the last year the theme was Bauhaus and wow. they made all this work wow. that was inspired by the way that Bauhaus artists made theirs. And so cool. So do and you work predominantly it? in sound, do you think? So I think um, predominantly I would say I would work in print in painting right. and film because you studied painting didn't I you? I studied painting I studied painting in Glasgow School of Art and and really that's it's a big kind of it's a big inspiration for me in the way I think about things um but yeah this this work it was interesting because the work itself that I've made for Edinburgh Art Festival the noise of making spills over is about a learning process and it was it was that for me I, I really had to kind of draw and you know, like teenage forays into garage band and recording like an acoustic guitar and all yeah, that yeah, came yeah. into play. And it's like, oh, I can actually use all those skills to make an artwork. So wow. throughout the piece, there's actually a conversation uh, with my boyfriend and he's he's trying to give me some advice about how to make this work. Using so is your boyfriend an artist? Uh, he's, he's an actor and a performer. Is he? Yeah. He sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a very good boyfriend to yeah, have. Yeah, he's a great yes, boyfriend. Good, good, good. And another string to your bow is that you've mm. been the arts editor for The Skinny, which yes. is a really great publication here. Yeah. And um, t- yeah. talk a bit about what, what you do for them. So, yeah, for six years, it's been a kind of um, consistent, but as a small part of what I've been doing with my life. Uh, so every month I basically put together the, the art content for this uh, wider magazine that covers theatre and books and, and latterly television and all these, I think there's a sexuality section as well. And I do the art part and it's just coordinating writers to write reviews and interviews. And when uh, when I can't get writers to do it, I do them myself. So I do cool. quite a lot of writing. Is it an online well. thing or is it an actual print? It's an actual print magazine. So you'll, wow. you'll definitely, if you're going to, if you're going around, you'll you'll catch a copy somewhere. Um, they'll be in the different venues. There'll be one Have you made here. money from it? I mean, it's a small amount of money. Oh, good, yeah, good. that's good. So you're not, yeah, you're not so in debt with it. Get, no, no, okay. we get we get our recompense. Yeah, well, yeah. So if anybody does come to visit Edinburgh, mm, do you do do you get the skinny? Because it's a really great guide as yeah. well. I think it will sort of give you an so, idea of what's going on in town. And it's just written by people that are involved in the scene. It's a, pa- so, it's a passion project. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. a grassroots effort. It really is. That's yeah, really cool. That. So you run yeah. these sound making workshops as well as the yes. workshops with the kids. Yeah. So I've also read something that you run. 
tarot workshops. Yeah. <laughs> Is that yeah. right? Russell's yeah. on, Russ on the plane I love, today. I mean, I he love was so tarot. excited about love, the tarot. I love a clairvoyant. I love a tarot. Yeah. yeah, I love a witch at the end of the pier. Well, it's it really ties into everything we've been talking about. Basically, uh, with the tarot making workshops, I will give out inks and drawing materials and coloured paper and glue sticks, all the, the best craft materials. And there's usually be about twelve people and we'll all do a single card draw. So you're getting a reading uh, and what the person does is they'll describe the card without showing it to mm. the room and everyone has to make a version of that card so you can't name it so you end up getting this whole new deck by the end of it as well and it's just this way of making sure that tarot doesn't become this um, kind of mystical you know, frozen, kind of heritage you know, thing only yeah. some people have this secret knowledge it's yeah. just that if you say it out loud everyone draws it you suddenly know what's happening you know what it means so you can do people's tarot though yourself yeah yeah definitely I mean I think I'm pretty good at it I don't know if I'd match up with all the book definitions but I'll, I can <laughs> give a reading <laughs> I absolutely love that yeah. I want to read him one day definitely and, um, yes. anytime, anytime. Amazing. Yeah. Right. so a question that we're asking our guests today <laughs> yes. is what stirs your creativity well it has to be yeah just grassroots activism informal education friendship chatting and just that's that's where I got my best ideas as well as going to see shows and reading but really I process things out loud with my friends in Glasgow what's the activism then the grassroots activism you're involved in now at the moment what well, is I it think, yeah I mean I think in Glasgow there's a real um beautiful movement to helping uh, asylum seekers and uh, really um LGBTQ unity mm-hmm. and, and that is a real um specific organization and uh, what they do is they give um almost you know some legal advocacy and also material support to um, people that have come to Glasgow to seek asylum wow. and it's yeah it's, it's a really you know it's a, it's a difficult that's brilliant you know it's the hostile environment that people face and there's a lot of things going on like that in Glasgow but the main thing I've been involved in um, is a gallery called Transmission Gallery and that's an artist I space. love Transmission yeah yeah so I was, I was on the committee for the last two years cool um, I used to work with Michael Fullerton and oh, he yeah. did a really incredible yeah. seminal show at Transmission yeah Transmission yeah. yeah so that'll be in the archive so we've got an archive and 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 really great thing about transmission just now is um, it's all run by people of colour and it's really begun a show that's that the year just connected up with these places like LGBT Unity and also Ubuntu Women's Shelter uh, the Personal oh, Colour Society awesome. Glasgow School of Art and the Royal Conservatory which is the performance school which mm. you'll probably know and um, it's really kind of um, worked a way to, to make it just a real vital part of the culture of the city, but also, yeah, all the grassroots activism and supporting that as well. And for everyone listening, Transmission, if you'd like to visit that incredible space, mm-hmm. it's in Glasgow, which is also where Adam lives. Yeah. Um, so even <laughs> though we're currently in Edinburgh, it's definitely worth going to Glasgow. And I yeah. was obsessed with Glasgow when I was growing up. Yeah. I used to do so many gigs there in my band wow. and I had such great audiences. It was like some <laughs> of the best audiences I ever had. Oh, yeah. It's like people love music there as well. So it's a great oh, yeah. city. Um, and then we have a lot of younger listeners uh, yeah. and also just artists who are all levels of their career. And mm-hmm. um, we wanted to find out because um, we think everyone has creative potential within them. Yeah. And what would you say as a kind of advice or tip for people who are looking to kind of be creative or awaken their creativity? I would say uh, it's it's a long game and don't beat yourself up. Um, just really um, celebrate your your wins forgive your losses and um yeah just just learn and also just learn your craft and be mm. patient with it and just make sure when you make a work it's absolutely the best work you can make at that point in your life 
Good advice. Amazing. <laughs> Loving that. Beautiful. So we also ask all our guests two more questions. Okay. Uh, they're very tough. The first one is, if you had a touchstone artwork, an artwork that you could mm. have an art heist on and steal and keep for yourself, what would that be? And if possible, can we make it Edinburgh-centric? Okay. Um, or maybe Glasgow as well for you. Okay. <laughs> Scottish-centric. Scottish-centric. I think, you know, for, you know, there's a lot of good things going on with the festival just now. Yeah. Um, one of which would be uh, the Grayson Perry show. Oh, oh wow! Where's that on? Um, that is on. I think that is that Dovecot Galleries. Oh, oh great! Is that right? Oh, maybe we're getting that wrong. Because we're going to try and check out the Bridget Riley while okay. we're here, and then yeah. I guess we're trying to do. We'll Grayson do Grayson. We well. love Grayson as well. Yeah, I cool. Definitely steal the Grayson. I think it's a tapestry as well. This love. time, oh, wow. have a tapestry in your house. Yeah, beautiful. And, just, and the details on it, and just yeah, the way that Grayson Perry just includes so much in one work and it's disturbing and it's relatable and it's familiar. You'll never know it all. You'll pass it and you'll be like, I didn't notice that before yeah. and you see suddenly a word or a look yeah. on someone's That's face or something or a, or a building. You're like, yeah. oh, well, I've completely ignored that. Yeah. It's been peripheral to me the whole time. Yeah, yeah that's great. He's Good such call. a powerful storyteller yeah. as well mm. and especially yeah. visual storytelling. Yeah. It's just a really great Absolutely. kind of history as well that he sort of re- responds yeah. to and continues and creates new histories. That's it's it. a really cool thing. Yeah. Um, and the final question is, mm. what is your favourite colour? I guess it would be, um, my favourite colour would be turmeric orange. Oh, yeah. gosh. That's very yeah. specific. <laughs> Loving turmeric that. Turmeric orange. So spicy. Yeah, yeah. you know the way when it gets in your yeah, fingers, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. especially the, like, the real stuff. Like, I use the powder all the time, but when you get the root, and that just like stains your wooden spoon, and it's just it's just gorgeous. That's amazing. And you know, it's an anti-inflammatory. Has so many health benefits. Really? Turmeric, yeah. Good and to just, know. As a color, it's just so vibrant. It's, it's just hot. That's weirdly like struck off a whole thing in my head right now. I'm yeah. thinking about Howard Hodgkin because Howard Hodgkin yeah. used to love going to India yeah. because he was so obsessed with all the colors there colors, and yeah. through the colors of yeah. spices and food and like fabrics and dyeing clothes and all mm-hmm. the all the kind of yeah. sensory overload that he experienced yeah. when he went there. And for some reason that all just came into my head. I was like yeah. remembering Howard Hodgkin, the late Howard Hodgkin, who was an incredible painter. I yeah. thought you were going to say like shades of green oh. because you've got a neon <laughs> neon lime sock and you've got like a spearmint yeah. green sock. And I'm loving your trousers. They are Thank the best you. trousers ever, these stripy trousers. You'll see them in the photos, everybody. They are incredible. Yeah, well, I, think, I mean, the, the Cancer Research Originals, they were four pounds. Oh, wow. Loving Do you always that. keep the labels from all your clothes well, you buy in your yesterday. pocket? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I bought them yesterday. They're a triumph. <laughs> well, so that's special. A, that's another part of your creativity, though, clearly. You like to express yourself through the way you dress. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Loving that. Yeah, yeah. Big fan and advocate for that. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's a bit of Rob right there. Yeah. yeah. I read this beautiful part of, have you ever read Brick Lane? No, by I Monica Lee, no. and then the protagonist in it just develops throughout the book, and she begins to be, you know, a, a, a woman that's in a arranged marriage, and then she gradually finds a voice in her agency. And at one point, she's on this beautiful red and gold sari, and then she she says to herself, she realizes that it wasn't fate that was deciding her life; it was the clothes she was wearing. Wow, um, yeah. interesting. So yeah. after you read that, then you started to yeah. <laughs> dress to impress, dress like to express. I remember I started to appreciate the power of dress wow that's interesting well thank you for that recommendation for the book as well (laughs) i am gonna go back home and i'm gonna read that book good one well adam it has been such a privilege to meet you you. and congratulations on your work here it's really really stunning everybody must get down to the edinburgh sculpture workshop and see this oh thank you so much and we are now gonna head over to another place in edinburgh and we'll be revealing all very soon bye you've been listening to a very special episode of talk art with robert diamant and russell tovey 
We've loved celebrating Edinburgh's creative scene, all thanks to Bombay Sapphire's new campaign, Discover the Possibilities Within. With thanks to the teams at The Skinny and Acast for helping guide us around the city. Please visit our Instagram at TalkArt for images of all artworks discussed in this episode. Plus, you can download a special map of our Edinburgh highlights from the at Bombay Sapphire UK Instagram. Edited by Anthony Shaw and recorded live in Edinburgh. We'll be back soon.